Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. 2022. Recording started. Oh, wow, now we started. All right, 9th of January, 2022. Welcome to this week's Matrix Discussion Group call. And there are really a ton of things that I could bring up and discuss this evening. Although uh, Matt and I were talking about something and kind of regarding natural law, and I wanted to get into that a little bit. But first, uh, there's uh, something that's going to be coming up rather soon. And I prefer bringing up different topics when uh, time-wise uh, they're really close. You know, not something that is off in the future or something they're claiming is going to happen, things like that. But, you know, there, people have pondered a lot about 5G. And I remember a couple of years ago, I went back and looked at an article I wrote this evening just to kind of refresh my memory and make sure that I recalled things correctly, which I had, fortunately. And there's been a lot of speculation as to what will happen with 5G and what 5G can do. Uh, there is a particular YouTube channel that, gosh, I probably unsubscribed from almost a couple of years ago because that was all he was hammering on. And it was specifically to the point of talking about the 60 gigahertz wavelength and what it can do, that microwave length, and some of the fears regarding it. And that wavelength is uh, really a channel used mostly by military. Now, I think what people should be paying attention to the way 5G works, okay, is that it's it's a broader band, and I think people are aware of that. And by broader man, by the broader band, I'm sorry, we need to realize that what that's referring to is that actually 5G has 24 channels, from what it looks like to me, that it can run off from, and some of these different channels are used for different things, okay. Now, whatever phone you have, for instance, may not even be equipped to receive signal on all 24 of those channels. Your carrier might only pick, you know, several of them that are conducive for what people use their phones for, whether it's downloading a movie or different things like that, different chats, different shows like this, YouTube, whatever the case may be. But like I said, the... 60 gigahertz was only on one of those 24 channels that I was able to find. If anybody finds something different, you know, just let me know in the comments or whatever. But one of the things I think we should really be thinking about is the fact that there are 24 different channels. And so it can affect a multitude of different things. 5G was supposed to be rolled out by the two biggest carriers uh, this last December, um, over a month ago. And the powers that be asked them if they could hold back a month on it. 
to which they agreed on. Part of the concern was that because there are such a variety of channels that it might affect planes and some of their guidance systems. Um, they had actually multiple things regarding that that they were concerned about. And so it was pushed back until this month, January. And then um, FCC, I believe it was, requested that they push it back another month. Well, these companies have spent a whole lot of money on rolling this out. I mean, tens and tens of millions of dollars. And so they're very anxious to get moving with it. Um, some of these companies have advertised, gosh, for probably the last two years that, you know, they've got the number one best service, number one, you know, spectrum service for everybody, uh, which was really a fallacy. Um, what they really meant was they were going to have the best service, uh, intending when the 5G was to roll out. And I, I was thinking about that this evening as I set up for tonight's uh, call. Because I clicked over, you know, to see what kind of reception I was getting. Because here a few months ago, I spent just about a whole day checking out different towers down here on Southwest Florida, looking at best signals and things like that. And I uh, double checked this evening the, the tower that I'm using, and I was like one or two digits off from a 100% perfect reception and i was like cool i just stopped and think you know what's going to happen when this rolls out like i said there's multiple channels that have a capability of being used and it may not just be necessarily what frequencies your phone is able to utilize depending on the provider but we have to realize that our body is electric as well there's an electric spark that, you know, keeps the heart going. That's why they'll use a, a shock, you know, to get the heart going again. If somebody, for instance, uh, has a heart attack or something like that. So electricity is very important, and it's part of what our body is made of. Um, we're told in Genesis that Elohim breathed life into us breathed his spirit into us. Well, what do you think it was he breathed in? The L in electricity, the L in Elohim, breathed in the L, breathed in its power, its electricity. And so I think here probably in about a week, things should be rolling with 5G. And in about a week, people can start watching what's happening maybe with you physically. Um, I'd be curious also just to keep an eye on the skies, you know, see if you hear about any airplane problems, different things like that, and find what effects um, are being caused. I think a lot of people have probably also possibly had a receptor put into them one way or another in the past few months that also could maybe connect to some of these frequencies. Who knows? But anyway, just something that uh, we can kind of keep our eye out for, something in real time. And with that, uh, welcome Matt over here. We're kind of discussing natural law. How are you doing, Matt? I had to unmute. I'm doing good, Brian. Thanks. 
Good, yeah. We we're, we were kind of talking natural law. We we're talking about freedom of choice, and I know Mark Cassio pushes natural law quite a bit. And I've got a couple issues myself with natural law, but uh, Matt had an interesting take on it. So go ahead, Matt. You think you can uh, give me one minute? I just want to finish something up real quick. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm and it's all, I guess I'll use this minute to bring up, you know, one of the issues I have with natural law, because I've, I've looked at some of the controllers and how they look at law, how they look at right and wrong, because a lot of them actually do follow natural law. And a lot of people see things, for instance, happen within the system and they're like, oh, that's evil. I mean, I hear that word evil all the time or uh, people use oh, that's wrong of them that different things like that and the problem is is that the system sees right and wrong much different than we do uh what we base it all depending on you know the morality and the standards we were brought up in whether it's the morality of our family or the morality of our church or um, just the morality of the society in general that, that we live in. If you live in small town USA, um, your morality is going to be much different than if you live on the streets of Chicago, for instance. And this is even going to vary by country because it varies by traditions and things of that nature as well. And one of the issues that I have with really natural law as the system utilizes it, is that you look at nature. You see how nature operates. Um, when you look at natural law and look at it being specifically applicable to nature itself, uh, by definition, uh, we're thinking of, for instance, you know, the apple falling from the tree or water running downhill. There, there's just some things that aren't going to change. They are what they are. What your opinion is doesn't matter because it may not be the fact. Um, but in nature as well, you're going to see how different species of animal life operate. And one of the examples I've heard brought up many times is uh, regarding, say, a lion or a cat, all right? And it, it's got cubs to feed. Well, it's going to go out maybe and grab a rabbit and kill a rabbit and bring it in for its cubs. And do you see the death of that rabbit or other animal that it kills as being something necessarily relating to morality? Uh, if not, then, well, what if it was to grab a human and drag a human in? would you then maybe see it as relating to something that has to do with morality? Because I think there's, there's really some things that you see in nature. I mean, if you're like, to even watch a national geographic channel that you kind of cringe at, you know what I mean? When, when you see it occur. And when you see that that is really being applied to our existence today, maybe not within our personal life, but maybe forced on us, uh, then 
kind of opens your eyes up that, you know, yeah, that they see that it's okay for something that's been termed such as the greater good or the end that justifies the means. I, I believe that's where those terms really originate from. And so I, you know, I just really recommend people keep that in mind when you hear really natural law being pushed and that, you know, we need to live our lives according to natural law, which to a degree I believe they do. But I also believe that when it comes to sentient beings of free choice, things start to change a little bit. You back with us, Matt? Yeah, I am. I am. Um, so, you know, when we talk about natural law, you kind of broke it down pretty simply. It's the law of nature. Oh, well, you know, nature kind of seems to have a mind of its own, per se. And uh, we've all heard the term, there's got to be a method to the madness. So um, I think these natural laws, well, like I was saying earlier, um, you know, in chemistry, physics, you got, uh, you know, gravity, which is pulling you down, and then anti-gravity, so they say, which would not pull you down. Seems like the natural law kind of breaks down into two sides. And... I look at everything from from like three points of view, like a mind point of view, and then a physical, fleshy point of view, a body, and then a spiritual point of view. And the way I see it um, is that the the spirit has to go through the mind to interact with the body. And if any one of those don't line up, then we lack discernment. And, um, you know, discernment is something the Bible tells us to ask God for, which kind of wraps back around to natural law. We're almost, you know, asking, asking natural law to tell us what's wrong or what's right, or left or right or up or down, in or out, you know, of this opposing, opposing force, good and evil. So, um, Really, like we were uh, talking before the recording, just the concept of um, that part of, I guess what we would call natural law is that wherever there's, the way I put it was wherever, uh, we'll just say wherever ill intention puts its ill intent, let's just that lemons, then, you know, natural law allows us always to make lemonade. and we're talking about the um, the system, the adversarial system, the way it's, I mean, to me, it's pretty clear that there's a separation of church and state. You know, one of them is man's law and one of them is God's law, which, would you say, Brian, that what I would, what I'm calling God's law is natural law? Would you say that's synonymous? From your point yeah, of view? Yeah, I, I would think it's, it's synonymous. However, I think that people have been taught, and I even blame the churches for this, that this natural law really hasn't been fully explained or shown to them. You know, that the actual law of the Creator hasn't been uh, instilled in people that well. And you, you look at things that have happened over time, how things progressed, and, you know, especially as of recent, and you see nothing but the spirit 
solely being crushed or silented or ignored. And so when you're talking about, you know, the mind and the ability to reason, connecting through the spirit as far as making our decisions, well, when that spirit has been extinguished, then what are you left with? Well, uh, the scriptures you know, talk about it's not a, a battle of flesh and blood. Well, first off, it clearly states that there's a battle from beginning to end. So that goes into that natural law principle that um, that it just has this opposing opposing forces that are creating, you know, everything in between, which is, I guess, the uh, the, uh, I guess, life to the situation or completing the circuit. So allowing, you know, reality to take place with these two sides always um, being present with each other and creating some type of friction or movement or exchange. Um, so it said something I was going to... Um, Oh, you said the churches. Um, so, you know, like the uh, the churches are supposed to be, you know, basically teaching and enforcing God's law, which we'll just say that from this point on when I'm saying it, God's law and natural law is the same thing to me. Same, different labels, same thing. Um, so the opposition to God's law is man's law, which the Bible talks about as, you know, fallen man, you know, rebel, rebels, um, to natural law is what the Bible refers to as fallen man. And the Bible also describes that man gets steered to, um, do either right or wrong. So it seems like, it seems like, uh, we're, we're all heavily influenced in, in one way or another. I think most of us are pretty decent. We're pretty good. And, and we end up going through um, both, you know, like we're kind of in the middle. And that's where we do good, we do bad, and it just kind of goes back and forth. But then the Bible says to that, you know, that God, the creator, the natural law, prefers us to be either hot or cold and lukewarm is um, despised of it's extinguished it's put out it's pushed from from the creator from natural law so if we are if if natural law god prefers us to be either hot or cold let's just say good or evil but not in between then that kind of reinforces that natural law concept of these opposing forces because it's like they're necessary. It's law. It's, it's, uh, it's mechanics to keep, keep the reality going, like keeping the computer on. So we're required to, you know, be either good or evil, but not both. And that's where you get into the concept of religion. Um, Basically, you know, setting setting principles for um, human beings to be able to uh, to dis distinguish between 
good and evil, or good and bad, um, or right and wrong. So you said the churches have a big part in in this, and they, I personally think they're they're the main part in the deception, and that goes to, you know, if you just take the Catholic point of view and the um, what we would call Christian point of view, um, the Christians can go straight to the source from themselves direct, and the source can inhabit us directly, and that would be um, the ultimate usage of free will, which is one of those aspects of natural law that we kind of discussed uh, before the recording, which I'll bring up. But um, the you have well in the Catholic natural law. You, you brought up Catholic though, but in the Catholic, you can't go directly to the source. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Is that in the Christian, you know, we'll call it faith uh, or understanding um, that you go straight to the source and the source goes straight to you. And that seems like the good side of natural law. That would be the church side of church and state. And that's what churches are supposed to be teaching, but they're also supposed to be, you know, teaching a lot more of the mechanics behind it and um, really pointing out the, the difference between what's right and wrong, not just comforting people for doing wrong all the time. <laughs> Um, which some do, but it's watered down. And, you know, if you want to embrace something, you really got to, you know, put your mind to it. So um, the the Catholic mentality is that you got to go through a man to get to natural law, to get to God. And, you know, that, that right there is, it, you know, an, an obvious um, steering away from, embracing that uh, direct link and it, uh, you want to fill in a little bit? My mind's kind of racing, but uh, I'll catch it up. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. <laughs> you know, and I, I think a lot of what the churches have taught, I mean, you brought up the idea of man being basically good, or that you hope that man in his heart is basically good. But I think a lot of what the churches have pushed is really the same idea that a lot of, you know, the, the secular environment has has pushed upon people is the idea that, you know, man is basically good, which really stems from humanism. In, in humanism, that is the teaching that man is basically good at his core. However, if, if you go into scripture and, you know, it, it's mostly uh, touted by the wannabe apostle Paul is that a man is carnal in his nature, well, which I believe Paul got that from uh, Trimestis Hermeticum, or the Corpus Hermeticum, which goes into detail on the carnal nature of man, which I would tend to agree with. You know, I, I think Man finds it easier, unfortunately, to do something harmful than helpful. Um, man has a tendency to destroy uh, rather than build up. And I think that really goes to really that core of carnality. 
which is one of the things I've mentioned before is, you know, I, I laugh when people throw their hands up and freak out because they see like, you know, fraud within the system, whether it's with voting or, you know, somebody what was stealing money out of a corporation or, you know, people that they've put their faith in at that they thought these were great people. And then they, they turn around and bite them in the back. And I laugh because you're putting your faith in man and you've got that natural sense evidently in your heart that man is basically good at his core, or at least that's the hope. And then, so when you see that carnal nature of man uh, be exposed in somebody, I don't know why people get so upset about it because it really should be expected. And so people you know, shouldn't trip when they see uh, different things happen within society that is not necessarily prudent or beneficial for society. It, it's normally things that ends up just being um, beneficial to one individual or or one family or or a corporation, for instance. So, to me, that that should be naturally you, expected. You you said it perfect right there. Um, and that's that's what I was uh, talking about with the uh, and the scriptures talking about with hot or cold is that um, natural law divides everything into um, basically what it calls in the Bible wheat and tares um, or hot and cold or good or evil. So the natural law has this um, pattern of of separating, clashing and distinguishing, you know, two sides. And um, those two sides are considered a family, one family and another family. Um, that that um, sugar-coated nature of man that you were talking about, which I call New Age, um, I just call it New Age belief, because New Age seems to be the, I guess would be the one world religion, you just call it New Age. It just It's everything and anything that is, in the age that's new, which is this one, because the ages behind us were old. <laughs> so this, this, um, this uh, separation of, of two sides that seems to be implemented through, through nature, I mean, just with the sun and the moon, uh, the greater light and the lesser light, um, according to the Bible, and um, you have the fixed stars and the wandering stars, you know, according to the Bible, which wandering stars we call planets. So there's this, you know, obvious duality. And the way the Bible describes it is basically uh, what I'll just call the way of the garden, which is pure. And then the, all the other ways outside of there which, you know, the Bible refers to a, a narrow path versus a wide path. And it also says in the Bible that we're created in, in the likeness and the image of our creator, of God. And that right there is where everything is, um, comes to life. It's where both sides um, prove that they're each side and that's where everything that it's like you have a one country and another country two sides and then they go to war 
And then that war is the product of those two forces. So, um, you know, when one of the main things, because, I mean, you know, we're in this we're in this reality having to deal with all this real life stuff, which we'd call it um, with, you know, the, uh, the Roman system and all of its, all of its little foot clan, its cronies, little posse, which we just kind of call the system. Um, it's a, let's just call it they, for what it is. Let's just call it for what it is. So we'll call it the cabal. <laughs> oh yeah. There you go. And it, it basically, is a choice to be to be I'll just call it cold Um, you're hot or cold you're either in favor of the natural law you're you're burning for it or you're frozen and stiff away from it you know so um, this this adversarial infrastructure is it knows about natural law. I mean, just as much as us truth seekers study to understand what's going on so we can, you know, achieve whatever is, is in our heart to achieve. Hopefully it's in line with our design. Um, this the both sides the hot and the cold they know what they're fighting for and it's actually kind of a comforting thought but um look at it from god's point of view if that's possible to the best of anyone's ability is that when the lukewarms are, are what's discarded first and then there's the separation between two sides two families and the opposition to God in a formal, systemized infrastructure is actually worshiping God. <laughs> They're actually giving tribute and worshiping God by being the other family of the two. You know, the, fir- the, the first one, or what I would call the better one, being the purer one, the good one, the greater good. So um, this natural law gets everything to acknowledge it in one way or another. And um, the, ones, the, uh, the ones that choose to perpetuate, you know, one side or the other, stand for one family or the other, um, good or evil, by their free will. I was saying that earlier pondering as to you know what why it's all set up like that and i was telling brian that you know if if i'm if i invented a hammer and i put that hammer into production there's always going to be defective units in any mass production so um i kind of see it at this point in my life for now unless it proves itself true um then that's how I'll always see it. But as of right now, the I see a sorting process that is, you know, above us all. And we have this free will to 
I mean, in the, in the image and likeness of the creator. So we're pretty unlimited as far as our potential goes. And right. the, yeah, I, I think that one of the things with the, the whole system as it exists is what you have to, and this would sound like maybe a hermeticum principle, but that there's a duality that exists, you know, and we've got cause and effect. Uh, you're, you've got good, you've got bad, you've got day, you've got night, positive, negative, uphill, downhill, you know, which, which also exists in natural law. And yeah, I find, to me, something I find it kind of fascinating is that it seems like the people um, that, say, maybe would lean towards uh, a Christian perspective or something like that, or, or the conservative perspective, at the same time, they kind of get tricked into still participating in the game of the other side and never really, you know, staying rather hot or cold. They, it, it keeps them lukewarm. You know what I mean? Right. And by default, that's the worst position to be in. I mean, um, e <laughs> it seems like hot or cold is going to prosper in its hotness or its coldness and lukewarm doesn't have much prospering. They, it's kind of like what we refer to as almost killing time. And a lot of the lukewarm that I witness, I'm in, you know, I'm in Southern California, Los Angeles area. So I'm in the pit of, you know, one of the pits of it anyway. And I noticed that, um, that lukewarmness is created, you know, on purpose through a, a lot of propaganda and, uh, it's really just what we call propaganda. It's misinformation. And, um, that, that lukewarmness is, is really what the system would probably, they probably refer to them as useful idiots because they don't care enough about either or to really have any movement. And their movement now consists of whatever the system provides. And that's that lukewarmness. Um, yeah, they, they just, they, they prove they're not going to be, they prove they're not going to be an obstacle. Right. And because of that, by default, like the scriptures would put it, if you're not for Christ, you're against Christ. Well, by default, those lukewarms are more likely to become hot or let's say cold, bad. So that's that lukewarmness isn't neutral. It's, it's just, it's not hot. It's not good. And by default, if it's not good, it's going to participate and perpetuate the other side. And that's this thing about this thing, this natural law of uh, opposing forces that each opposing force is defined in detail. Absolutely. You know, there's really no, no room for electricity to change unless we change it. So, um, the, uh, the, so basically the, you know, if I invented the hammer, put it into production, I need to have a quality control, need to make sure that I don't have too many defective units. And in that, I also need to make sure that I can do something with the defective units, but nonetheless, there's going to be defects. And, you know, if God creates a soul, um, 
the way I, I see it at the moment for a while, well thought out. <laughs> um, God creates a soul and there's going to be, you know, defective units. Then these free will that we all have is the mechanism that allows God to sort us all out for whatever's next, whatever that may be, or for whatever's now. I can't say what's next. Um, all I can say is what's now and in front of me, um, or else it would just be hearsay. So um, this, this natural law has this balancing process, this sorting mechanism. And when we get involved with legal stuff, um, for one, I, I try to turn anything legal into something lawful because I don't really care about legalities. That's mad law. And law is pretty pretty straightforward. They can try to call it a bunch of different things like gravity, you know, which could easily just be called magnetism. I mean, there's so many possibilities, but natural law is absolute. So when we seek remedy or anything, natural law is the only absolute path to remedy. And we were saying earlier that, um, you know, wherever the where part of natural laws, wherever, you know, an ill will is going to try to Im impose on a, a free will, it's not it. it. It has to, it has to provide a remedy. So when we're talking about, um, any of this orchestrated corruption. And even in, in the in natural law, they have to they have to give a they have to allow us to have a free will and make the choice. Even if they trick us into it, it's kind of it's a tough concept, but it's like if if someone's gonna steal your car and they're pointing a gun at you and then you give them your car, did they steal it or did you give it to them? You know, so everything kind of boils down to a choice. And it's up to us to discern those choices. But these, this discernment process is basically our choices are going to put us on one side or the other, which goes back to that sorting process. So as much as, as the, the system and the courts and, you know, all the orchestrated evil to natural law, they, they have to leave doors to, uh, to remedy or to, um, you know, what in, in the corporate world, they call them loopholes where, you know, back doors. So the whole concept is wherever there's, wherever there's one side, there's the other. And it seems to be a kind of a ironic happening just as part of life is that wherever there's extreme good, there's going to be some extreme wickedness that tries to interact with it somewhere along the way and vice versa. So, um, yeah, this natural law, I look at it as God's law. I thoroughly believe that the scriptures, um, at, at their core are what uphold natural law as far as in a book. And, um, really I look at, you know, the public as a public trust and the private as a private trust and that private trust is 
what's supposed to be church or what we know as church. And then the uh, public side is state. So um, they want to codify all their, their rules and regulations in, a, you know, hundreds or thousands of different books. Well, natural law has one book. And for those who are, you know, seeking to embrace, you know, the remedy of natural law, I believe that all the principles are outlined in there. And um, it's pretty much boils down to which family you're a part of. And, uh, you know, the Bible says God created good and evil. So it's not like he doesn't know the systems there. He doesn't know people, you know, do evil. That evil gives the good a chance to show itself, which is now our choice and our obligation. And um, that's where real remedy resides, is knowing who you are, where you're from, what the heck you're doing, wherever you are. And I think a lot of the time in courts and stuff, people don't really, don't really know the answer to those things. And that's where, you know, that lukewarmness becomes the, by default, you know, wrong side. You know, and, I, and or, yeah, it, it's all works. And, you, you know, and you've got to make, I believe, a choice, you know, one way or another. And, and for some reason, people find it so easy to fall towards, you know, the side of maybe the state, which to me has become the one world religion that, that has become the church. And they've put a temple, you know, in the heart of every county. That's the number one business in the USA is the courthouse, is is the temple. Everybody goes there to pay their indulgences. But I, I, think, I think it's really interesting. When you look, for instance, at maybe the, the carnal or man's law, and then you look at, at real natural law, where natural law in and of itself is inherent. It doesn't have to be written down, whereas man's does. And when you look at the fall of civilizations over time, what you're seeing is that the more and more man tried to impose his will into a society, it ended up imploding on itself. And the negative will always implode on itself. Whereas in natural law, if you look at even say, some of these cities that were have been lost over time and how fast they became overgrown and how natural law took right back over again and nature just ran its course and even for instance if you see like a lightning strike which you might see is maybe a bad thing a lot of people think it is they sent out the fire department get the fire put out but i mean you you look at a lightning strike and a, and a forest burns and then you look at that forest several years later, and it's going back greener and stronger. That carbon that was created from the fire has given nutrients to the soil. In fact, uh, the Americans used to go and do, you know, sanctioned burns of areas. And they would burn down one section of land at a time every few years. So it would grow back. And, and to use that for their planting and their harvesting in the future because they knew that it was actually going to benefit the land. And so you kind of see the negative and positive play a role there. 
That's the remedy that's built into natural law because those burned plants are going to become ash and nutrients for the soil, which then, you know, it's a remedy that's built in in the same, you know, on more of a, I guess, a less um, fleshy aspect because nature really is, has all, all of those. It doesn't have a free will to change what it does. And, it's symbiotic. So, yes, it does. That's what makes it so soothing um, to be in, and um, it, it's it has the perfect will by design, you know. And then, of course, the adversary wants to try to change that up. So that's what we know as GMOs. Um, I look at a, a cell phone tower. You're talking about 5G and stuff. You know, you got. Um, you got towers, and they try to dress them up like trees. You know, try and basically uh, create this comfortable feel out of the corner of your eye, so you don't see some big, you know, weaponry up in up in the sky. So, um, it just it it just comes down to this discernment process of what which which side are you on, and that doesn't that's not a religious a religious thing. Um, and I'm not saying by any means that God is every belief of God either. Um, God seems to have put a lot of clues here to, to kind of show details of its or his, you know, preference. So, um, that's where all the remedy resides is in, is in that, that natural law and understanding it because now nature is perfect. Um, you know, the other thing too, that I think, you know, I, I look at, I look at things from a greater good, a greater evil point of view. I want to be part of a greater good. When I say greater, I mean outside of myself and all of the good that is in existence, which would be the, the perfectness of natural law in effect. Um, I try to be a part of that and support that. I aspire to do that you know, the, the best I can. So we have this, like you said, it's easier to do, you know, the wrong thing a lot of the time. And, you know, I think maybe just a simple decision can be what the Bible refers to as trials and tribulations, because <laughs> a decision is basically going to show what you're aligned with. And, um, you know, any of us seeking to find solutions to whatever it may be, mind, body, or spirit, they have to be, um, situation has to be under the, the, the magnifying glass of, is it, is it good or is it, is it evil uh, or bad or negative or positive? And the new age kind of has this, this one world mindset, it's kind of like a hive mind to where everyone accepts everyone's preference without really opposing it. And, you know, ultimately that, that kind of reminds me of like the, uh, you know, just the the old days that the Bible talks about of just, uh, and this is where all of the confusion comes from and the sexuality gets mixed up, you know, and in, in turn, the generations following. So, um, 
to be able to see real easily. It's really simple and beautiful the way it's set up because natural law says it's one or the other. No in between. It's either right or it's wrong. And that's the laws of God is things are right and things are wrong. Well, the laws of man is the opposite. The law of inversion. This is what all the Satanism and stuff you get in. They, they, these, they practice this religiously. Whatever they know God prefers, they will do the opposite, however possible, and however as loud as possible. So just, I mean, that's cliche of like, you know, you get into these old rock bands and stuff and like, uh, um, what's, uh, you know, just all these like 70s, 80s bands and you got these upside down crosses and um, it's just inversion. So natural law sets it up to be able to find the remedy within it. All you got to do is be able to see what side is active in front of you. And then you can then look for the, whatever is the opposite of what you're seeing is. So if you're looking at something wrong, that, that, uh, law that you said, or the, we call morals, you don't have to have them written. They're just inside all of us. Well, if you look at something, it either is morally good or it's bad. And, you know, that's built into all of us. So that, that basic connection gets watered down by, you know, all of the, uh, all of just the different tactics from the system and the media and, you know, social media and all that stuff. But ultimately, if we really want to find remedy, all we got to do is look at something and realize that there's only two sides to be seeing. And then you choose, okay, I prefer this side or I prefer that. If you're on the natural law, what Bible calls, you know, hot side of things, then you'll strive for the better, better option every time. And that's what I call the greater good is people consciously discerning their choices to either perpetuate one side or the other. And, you know, that's where remedy, that's what remedy is, is choosing the right side, really. All right. But, you I know, and a lot of people, I think, though, when they look at, you know, choosing a side or whatever, and some people may say, oh, there really is no just one side or another, or that things are subjective. Um, people like to throw the word subjective around a lot. You know, which in a way I can comprehend that because it might mean one thing to one person and something different to another. But but to me, the best way to break down what things really are, and you brought up the word evil. If you go into the Hebrew and you look up the word that was used for uh, evil and you look at the definitions for uh, that word, one of the definitions in there is dysfunctional. And so when I say that, you know, so much of what man is going to push and promote ends up imploding on itself, well, that, that's kind of where you're looking at that definition of evil from, is because it was not functional. Um, what man normally does is only functional for man. And for instance, if you look at what the purpose of a corporation is, it's got two main purposes, one to get bigger and the other to get wealthier. 
All right, well, that's very functional, very good for the corporation, but is that really functional and good for the society as a whole and everybody else around it? Is it going to leave, you know, um, a positive result on that society? And many times you see, no, it's not. So that can easily be deemed as evil because it's dysfunctional uh, to the way things are supposed to operate. And so I think right, that's kind right of on. a good thing for people to keep in the back of their mind. And that, and that you know, just the word corporation is the corpse, you know? So a corpse is a, what we know as a corpse is, you know, the mainstream knowledge of what a corpse is, is a body with, with no life in it. So that's pushed a lot. I, I don't look at a corporation as being derived from etymology and being derived from the word corpse. I see it derived from the word corp, which just means body. Well, it's a body of people right. who have agreed on something that they're going to do and work towards. Right. But what, what makes it, you know, in, in legal terms, or I guess any terms, a corporation is a dead entity and it needs life and it's a body right that not necessarily a dead one but it's a body and every body in order to be you know used has to have life in it so these and this goes into the you know like a pma right or right. an llc you yeah, want to ask for the body yeah those are all artificial yeah. artificial entities not necessarily dead entities but artificial entities artificial yeah but the coming coming at it from a you know a living perspective the that corporation if there's no life backing it you know it's it's just a it's, it's dead it's just there it's just a tangible you know piece of paper uh, so, legally yeah. i don't see it that way uh, <laughs> you know, sorry I, I mean i'm i'm not I mean to argue with you or anything but uh, oh, no. An artificial entity is something that's never had the capacity of life. So, therefore, it can't have the capacity of death either. It's just an artificial entity. That's all there is to it. Um, right. uh, life does get breathed into it, basically, through its membership, you know, and, and those that incorporate it become part of the body of that entity. Um, but in and of itself, yeah, it's just an artificial entity. Well, right. from from the, the the private point of view, you know, all the you know different types of ways that we can, you know, organize with others and, you know, d define it as you know on on paper to be able to, because the real things in life they're not on paper, um, they, but the things that are real on paper come from life. <laughs> So, um, you know, the paper doesn't write itself, it doesn't type itself, and it doesn't print itself. So this, you know, we have the ability to do things on our own, you know, if we're hot, and we're like, you know, I don't want to be subject to this Caesar crap, so I'm going to, you know, figure out how to do it on my own. I'm hot for the truth, and I'm hot for, you know, what, I, what I'm purposed to do. So that's going to put somebody in, in the position to where they're probably going to come across, you know, PMAs and stuff like that, that lukewarmness that doesn't really crave to know, um, 
or maybe it does, it just doesn't, it doesn't go after it. And that's what makes it lukewarm. But by default, we fall into, you know, filing with the state and all that stuff. So then you have, you know, two sides again, you know, in the public and private. So these, it seems like they try to get our energy through these entities, which gets kind of interesting because you get into the concept of demons and stuff. They're trying to, you know, that whole concept is, our energy being, you know, basically steered and and used by something else. So Matt, it all kind of eerily, yeah. I, I don't know if you heard or not. It, it, something you said just brought it to my mind. Um, here, I think within the last week, the uh, Trudeau cabal up on Canada has introduced um, a bill. I think it's labeled C four. Uh, which is kind of interesting okay. that they label it with a C, but it's kind of going after Christianity and it's kind of trying to nullify the Christian viewpoints and biblical viewpoints and call it all a fallacy. And so, you know, I, I think not just with that up there, but, you know, with, this whole pandemic that the whole world has experienced um, it's really coming to a point where people are going to have to make a decision here, I think. Well, I've, they've called this the Great Reset, you know, the, from, from the beginning, you know, I guess from the World Economic Forum point of view, which is all just one branch of the same wicked tree. But um, I've always called it when I, any, anyone paying attention in the, you know, seek truth has been kind of expecting prior to this past couple of years, like another, what I just called another 9-11. And when this stuff popped off and the whole mask thing started to, you know, catch on. And that really right there is the first time in, in my life that I've seen, I'm 34, where instead of having to use discernment to, you know, um, analyze who you're dealing with um everyone who put a mask on and everyone who you know just keeps putting it on is displaying that they're either lukewarm or they're cold in in that analogy um from my point of view because there's so much information about out there about you know all this stuff and um <laughs> another thing well, is, you know they they like to play with words Oh, go ahead. There's, there's, and you showed a perfect depiction right there. And that is, you know, there's followers and there's leaders. Uh, there's people that will take up the role of self-governance. And there's those that want to be told what to do all the time. And they're perfectly content and happy with that. And I don't think that that is really the natural state of man. I think the natural state of man is self-governance. But... It looks it's, like we've gone the other direction. <laughs> well, that's, that goes into the whole biblical concept then, right? You know, it always, see, and this is, I only got into, you know, uh, intriguing, you know, heartfelt Bible research like a few years ago. And I was just following the patterns of corruption. And naturally, I kind of guess like any, like, quote unquote, truth seeker would do. You know, we kind of, we like to, find what the deceptions are and understand them so we can navigate around them. Like we know in our hearts, 
or in our souls, you know, in the deepest parts of our being that, that there's, there's what we would just call evil, you know, taking place. And so it's, um, um, I'm going to say the, uh, sorry. Um, well, what what you brought up there is is exactly. I mean, when if somebody has you know a leak in the roof, what are they going to do? You want to find where the leak is so you can stop the leak, right? Well, when right. you see something that is inherently dysfunctional happening within society, uh, why doesn't man you know seek the truth and try and seek out where this is sprouting from so they can plug the hole? Uh, that's something I find a little bit disheartening. So well, you're self, just left self-governing with man, self-governing man will, will find the leak. The non self-governing man will call someone else to do it. Yeah. Or, or he'll just not, put a bucket it, there, but, catch the water. <laughs> no, no, they, they might not know how to fix it because they lack that knowledge, which is okay. You know, but ultimately they're going to try to do everything they can within their capacity to handle it. And that's, you know, that's what the, uh, the, the voluntary servitude and what we loosely just call or probably pretty directly like a slave, a slave system is so those who don't self govern, you know, there's going to be some type of, you know, outside source to go get your, your solution from. And, um, there's going to be a cause and effect and not being self governing. Right. So, I mean, in the same sense, we're, we're, you know, the same as these positive and negative electrons clashing, you know, we're just, we're, we're driven to, to either do one thing or do the opposite of what the right thing is, or we're just going to not care and do, do it all. (laughs) And that's where the, I think the church has really kind of watered it down and said, well, man is a sinner and he'll, he'll never be perfect. And, you know, that right there, well, does, according, you know, biblically, you know, God is the only perfection, but then I rationally say, you know, well, the Bible says that God created us in the image, so we have a pretty perfect potential. We'll all fall short, you know, that, that's probably pretty, you know, rational of a statement, but that doesn't mean we just have to you know, just let it all go and just do what's there. And that's where I think the, that, you know, the Bible says you got the narrow path. Um, and then you got the wide path, which leads to destruction. Well, the narrow path is being hot. And that wide path is two thirds of that equation. Cause that's the lukewarm down the hot. It leads to destruction because in a new age, you know, way of saying it is that when you do evil, you build up bad karma and it's always going to catch up with you. So I th- I really think that it was probably like the, out of everything I said, the most important like concept that I would want people to know is that from what I can tell, all of the patterns of wickedness that I have observed and, uh, you know, come across, start to show similar patterns of their wickedness and it always wraps around to that rebelling against God. And in the new age being created in an image of God can either be accepted as that with God as a principle 
or you can lean on your own understanding, assume God's position, and become your own principal. And that's when remedy doesn't really happen easily because you've got to learn every code and statute to achieve it. So, oh, that, that, and that's um, really where you're, you're moving past remedy and, and you're actually going to cure, which is the third step. And it, it's interesting you brought up, you know, wickedness, and especially with the things that are happening today. Um, I, I keep bringing up, you know, etymology in, in Hebrew. But if you look in Hebrew at the word, uh, for instance, witch, you know, which, you know, stems from the word being wicked. Uh, a witch is someone who causes someone to do something they normally wouldn't do out of deception. And I think we've seen a lot of deception being ramped up. A lot of witchcraft. Right, right. And you know what? Well, that's what I was going to say is that, you know, on right on, on top of that is in the scriptures, the word um, sorcery and the word um, witchcraft comes from, well, from the Greek word that that's, those are translated from. The, the word is pharmakia. And yep. it's pretty obvious from the surface and you can look into it anyone can look into it more and you know pharmakia the definition of pharmakia according to the um you know the strongs and any of those other um uh dictionaries for uh for greek um pharmakia is defined as witchcraft sorcery so that's why it's you know if you go this is this is something really cool and easy um, for any any like Bible cross referencing or even just etymology. Taking the Bible, I don't, I don't ever say take the Bible out of it, but um, you. So the, there's a website. It's called blueletterbible.org or .com, one of the two, um, and you can do a word search for any word, and it will show where that word occurs in the scriptures, but it also lets you click on each word and go straight to the, the Strong's Concordance um, for Hebrew or Greek, depending on, you know, if it's the new or the old book. So um, doing that, there's a lot, of, a lot of blatant truth just in the, you know, looking at the real word of what one of the words in the Bible means, like the word apply. You know that another another definition for the word apply is beg. So when we're applying for things through the state, we're we're begging. <laughs> and yeah. you know this is just simple simple word search from the language that English was built off of. Yeah, if you're looking for a permit, you're begging for permission. You know, and if you know, talking <laughs> about pharmacia, I think, and I recommend, yeah, people use uh, the Blue Letter Bible, use that app. Use that site. If you look at the word pharmacist, it'll tell you it's the maker of poisons. It doesn't get much more upfront than that, you know. No, I had someone tell me the other day. I had um, she. I think she's within a couple of years of me, so she's in her like mid thirties. She said that she got, um, I think it was the second shot or something for her, but she got her little booster shot thing. And she said the next day she started feeling like really not good. And she said, I was, I wasn't feeling like myself. I was angry. I like was just, I kind of let everything go and 
she's like, I transformed. And, you know, I, I look at it, I didn't get into this really, but the, this, I see spiritual mechanics behind all of this where there's actual conscious forms of some sort that are assigned to, you know, either bring good through people or bring evil through people. You know, the ultimate good version of that is what we know or have heard as is the, the Holy Spirit. But this, this uh, girl told me that she wasn't herself. She was, you know, in, she was in the emergency room. Just, she said she felt like a monster. She was like yelling at people and like throwing up and she had to wait there for hours. And I've, I've heard I've heard a whole bunch of stories like that, and um, actually, gosh, there's something going on with newborns, and this isn't a topic I really want to get into too much. But at the same time, you know, something affecting everybody as a whole, we're seeing you know a change with um, the magnetic spectrum of the Earth right now. A lot of that is going through some huge changes, and there's a lot of people, you know, just like even within our community that I hear talk who are mentioning, you know, the feeling of like maybe lightheadedness or dizziness or, you know, they're feeling like a little bit off. I don't know if you've noticed anything like that. I've, I've definitely been noticing it for about two or three months now. So, I mean, I think at, at, the, at a bigger picture, there's something major going on in, uh, in this war right now. I would agree with that. And you also mentioned something that I'm sure is part of that um, is the whole uh, frequency, you know, scenario with, with all of the technologies they use. Um, but the kicker to, to that, that girl, what she told me is that she said, I don't know what they gave me. But as soon as they gave it to me, I felt better within minutes and I felt like myself again. And I realized like, what the heck was I doing? I wasn't myself. And that brought us back to pharmacia because witchcraft is, you know, pharmacia by definition. Pharmacia is where, you know, word pharmaceuticals and pharmacy comes from, which are basically, you know, keeping, you know, pharmacy is a witchcraft or sorcery distribution center. A pharmacist is a prescriber of drugs by regular mainstream definition, which ultimately is, you know, these concoctions. So what I see with this pharmacia is, you know, some serious spiritual wickedness being put into people's bodies and changing their, their body chemistry to allow these other these, I just call them entities, whatever they are, you know, whatever it is, other spirits or what, infiltrating the minds because just what these pharmaceuticals do is they mess with the mind um, and they mess with the body, which in turn messes with the mind. So it was interesting that she said she was within minutes, like five minutes or less, taking whatever they gave her, she felt normal again. And the way I saw it was she got this shot thing you know, had this demonic raging outburst. She's like, I wasn't myself. And I told her my perception on it and she got, got the chills and was like, yeah, that's kind of creepy and it makes a little too much sense. So that once they, once they get this person inhabited with whatever, this ill energy 
form or force that just takes over the, the, the human. Um, once they gave it their little witchcraft, it, it, it calmed down. So I just thought it was real weird. This was like four days ago, maybe five days ago, but it just wraps back around. This pharmacia is not just chemicals that mess our body up. These are like spiritual intrusion drugs that, you know, get, get people's guard down spiritually or, you know, and, and infected from the mind, you know, more than it's, it's far more than just a body chemistry thing, you know, oh, that was just interesting. Well, I think this has uh, been a good chat and definitely leaves people with some knowledge that, uh, that they can dwell on. And I recommend that to people. I, I think one of the things that's been pushed the most, uh, especially the past probably 30 or 40 years, is for us not to be left alone with our own mind. And I think it's even to the point where some people are even afraid of it. In fact, I've known people that hate being alone. They cannot stand it. And if they are alone, they've got to have TVs blaring or radio blaring or something like that. And yeah, well, we're hitting around the hour mark, so this is good. Uh, thanks, Matt. I appreciate the discussion this evening. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate the platform to uh, just let my mind out a little bit. It gets pretty crowded in there sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, and I, I think it, it's interesting too. Sometimes, so if you find like-minded people around you, or even to talk to over the phone, that when you talk things out, new thoughts and ideas come to your mind. You know what I mean? And that help, helps you to cognize. Yeah, that's that's why they want people social distancing and putting muzzles on. Exactly for that reason. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, you know, what you just described is what perpetuates and, and grows the spirit. And uh, that's where all the power comes from, is that, that true part of us. And um, they're, they're genuinely, from what I can tell, trying to shut it down as best they can. And it's creating a great divide. Um, you know, my dad calls it, he doesn't, you know, doesn't have the whole hardcore, you know, truth-seeking mentality but he likes to understand things and he'll put a little effort into researching and he's he calls it colonization he's like this is going to lead to colonization and that goes right into the wheat and the tares you know separating so yeah um, absolutely yeah. yeah yeah i think part of that story of the wheat and the tares that a lot of people miss also is because you know even today in, in the past you know four or five years People in the U.S. expected something to happen, and a lot of the evil was going to get rooted out. The swamp would get drained, you know, that, that kind of stuff. But I, I think they missed the part in the wheat and the tares where the farmer's told no. And because he wants to go and he wants to go and pull the tares out. And he's told no, wait until after the harvest. Otherwise, you're potentially going to rip out some of the wheat at the same time. And people, you know, people today, you know, it's been said, you know, everybody hates Congress, but everybody loves their congressman, you know. And so if you saw the evil actually get uprooted today, it's not that it might just pull out some of the wheat, but it's going to pull out some stuff that you thought was wheat. It's going to it would pull out things that the people thought was good 
And I'll tell you what, if you ripped out all of the evil, for instance, out of the U.S., if it was all exterminated immediately, it would turn uh, the population into a panic because the things they had relied on and people they had relied on, systems they had believed in, uh, would be fully exposed for what it is. And I don't think people's mind would be able to handle it. Now we're too far into conditioning generationally. I mean, you try to tell somebody that taxes are voluntary and, uh, you know, they, they go right into defense mode, you know, and oh, it's, yeah. it's them. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's the programming, but that programming is amplified by a lack of connection to natural law or God, you know, which wraps around to the whole point of the discussion. Even though it says right in the code of federal regulations that taxes are voluntary. You know, it's a voluntary system. It says yeah. it right there. <laughs> but it's a... You know where that's put, in there? Um, I can give it to you later if you want. I don't have it. I kind of took my tongue right now, but I know I've got it. Yeah. No worries. I'll, I'll look into it a little bit. And, uh, um, you know, it's just the programming so deep. And the only way to break that programming is um, is to just to go deep inside, not, not to yourself, but to the source and, and not to yeah. other worlds, you know, not the, <laughs> to, to the source. And that's, shoot, that's shoot, me a, oh. shoot me a message or a text straight after this call and I'll send it to you. Okay. Appreciate that, Brian. Appreciate right. the you, chat. You got it guys. And um, I'll tell you what, I'll probably upload this to YouTube. So anybody listening that wants to know, I'll try and throw it in the description box of the YouTube as well. Good deal. Right. Yeah, because that, that right there, I mean, people understood that uh, things would, you know, things would kind of change pretty rapidly if everyone enforced that basic understanding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely start leading you in the correct direction of, of thinking anyway. Well, guys, I guess yeah. uh, until next Sunday. Next Sunday is what, the uh, 16th? Uh, everybody have a wonderful week and kind of like what Matt brought up earlier, you know, you need to learn who you are, where you're from and where you're really at. That's what it's all about. Thanks, Matt. Right on brother. Yeah. Good night, everyone. Good night guys. With the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.